What up, what up? Welcome to episode 106 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, and we're ready to talk about some wrestling. We were just talking about how Full Gear might be just kind of a stinker leading up to uh, the pay-per-view in just 10 days. Well, that all changed, folks. We had a great dynamite this evening. There's a lot of moving parts going on appropriate for Full Gear, and we're going to get to all the great stories. But before we do, let's introduce the boys real quick. Over in Glendale, my guy who keeps it regal, Mr. Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Krabby? Hey, you, Elizabeth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was, so when you were doing that, it sounded like, hey, hey, you, you get off of my cloud. So I might get the outro music <laughs> off of that. No, we just saw that. It wasn't, that was pretty good, Steve. I liked it because it it sounded like the Macho Man, kind of, mm-hmm. but I liked the way that you delivered it. It was understated. Because it wasn't it. the Macho Man. Well, what was it? It was George the Animal Steel, who uh, feuded with the Macho Man and was in love right. with Elizabeth. Oh, Fuck me. Well, there you go. Just trying, to get there you, you go. just trying to get you guys to up your game. Yeah, you youngsters, I know, seriously. You snappers. All right. Okay. You, are the prof- you are the professor of this podcast. Hmm. And I'm here to show for it. Big time. For you fans that, you know, because this is just an audio podcast, just imagine a luxurious beard speckled with the silver of a wizened man who's watched wrestling before you were even thoughts in your grandparents' minds. Yep. And and drinks tasty beer and gives great intros and is just an all-around yes. solid good fucking dude, Steve Grobschmidt. So it's yeah. great to Thank see you. you this Thank evening. you. Word up. Thank you. And not to be outdone, uh, over in Bayview, somebody who keeps it freshly squeezed, a man with another luxurious beard, Mm. Mr. Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? Yeah. All right. Let's see if I can pull this off. That's my best Jamie hater. That's all I got tonight, to quote Charlie Michael, who is currently not here. Wow. I thought... I thought you were like bringing out Naomi for a while there. It sounded like <laughs> that club music where it gets all neon and stuff. No, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, just sticking with Jamie Hader, who for the longtime listeners know damn well, I've been a Jamie Hader guy since day one. Charlie and I both. Yeah, well, we might get to her this evening for sure. But Matt, your homework for next week. I know you're watching a little bit of WWE again, so maybe... Work on your uh, Naomi intro music, because I would love to hear your version. You're really good at like the mouth trumpet and the sound effects. Nice little hidden talent you have there. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that challenge. I'd love to see you stretch your legs on that. You know who's not stretching out is that jabroni, Charlie. Like, where? Like, he can't even get in the building. Like... The show's without him. We're show's moving on without him because that punk can't even be here for this show. Well, he might show up. We don't know. The underwear modeling, I mean, Christmas is coming. I mean, they're, the catalogs don't <laughs> um, sell themselves. They need a guy in there that will... I just know, asked Bryce Ramsworth to start the count. Charlie is not show up. He's going to get counted out, and I'll be declared the winner. Okay, very good. Well, we'll see. Okay. Well, not to be counting anybody out is probably the greatest talent going to young talent going today, and it's not even close. MJF delivered a hell of a promo. He's he's got. I've seen on his Instagram that he was gonna be on part of my take on the barstool platform that has you know millions and millions of followers. So, which is really really great. And then they're actually talking about a wrestling match, almost like. You know, bringing it to an audience that 
has no fucking clue what wrestling is. Kind of like when Wrestle the first WrestleMania happened. He's making he's single handedly putting this pay per view on his back and bringing it to, uh, you know a a subcult a, a culture that doesn't know this subculture just yet. And I am really interested to see how much attention he can grasp because with that promo tonight, it was spectacular. The guy rarely is ever wrong. He's a quite an asshole. He's very he's a great asshole, and he's never wrong. So you really can't hate the guy. Did you? I mean, can you hate on him, Steve? I can't because he's he's the perfect. He, he I mean, for a guy his age, he's amazing. Like, <clears throat> and now he's just doing this new uncharted territory. Like he was just an unabashed heel before, whereas like he just said despicable things, you know, about like uh, Brian Pillman's family, all that stuff yes. in the past. Now he's doing this weird. Like we all know he's he's a truly a villain, but he's pulling off this weird like victim kind of thing where he's not quite a villain. He's still but he's not doing it so over the top where he's like baby facing to the point where it's like, oh come on. You know, it's like he still says things like picks on Cincinnati and all that. It's just I don't know. It's <laughs> he is a master. Like there were guys that took like decades to to perfect villainy and like uh like heal them like he does. And he's in his mid twenties. Yeah. So um I'm a huge fan. I just think he's he's brilliant. I think the key to MJF's brilliance is he he's an asshole kind of like that seven-year-old kid you remember from first grade that just pissed you off to no end. <laughs> like that's the kind of asshole MJF is. And it works for any generation because as a parent, like I'm not a parent, but as a parent, I can imagine having to deal with a kid who's an asshole and they're just relentless, just like MJF. So yeah, to your point, Steve, he's the perfect guy for this. Um, I thought his promo tonight was good. I mean, the guy hits it out of the park every time. At the same time, I feel like I'm ready for the match at full gear. Um, a little bit of this promo, I, I don't want to say it felt phoned in at all, but I do think John Moxley's promo later in the show really helped to tie it all together, which I don't want to jump ahead at all. We'll get to that segment, but I think on its own, this promo was good. It needed a little something beyond that, which we got later in the show. I'm just going to say, to echo what you just said about, like, we'll talk about it later. I think the promo in a vacuum was, like, solid, not a home run. But given what I think or I what we're talking about what might happen at the pay-per-view, it's all just building blocks towards what could be a really awesome story. Totally. And for our listeners, if, if you're wondering what Steve's referring to, just keep listening. We'll touch on it here shortly. Awesome. And before we move on, uh, now that we have a podcast, and Matt, since you brought up assholes that you remember from first grade, do we want to, you know, throw some shrap metal and hit those? Do you have a person in your first grade class that you remember that was an asshole that you want to call out and be like, hey, you're an asshole? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not going to well, do them. Because I got a name. I got a name. I'll start. Okay. You want to th you oh want God. to throw out a name? Let's throw some shade here on Keep the Kayfabe. What do you got? Well, I don't think he's listening, and he's probably a pretty cool dude. I mean, he might have went through some shit, but when I was in first grade, this kid was an asshole. His name was Joe Arndt. <laughs> I thought you said uh, his full name. <laughs> yeah. I well, I, I thought that. that's what we were all gonna do. You can no? do what you want. It's, you're, you're the you're the you're the MC of this award winning podcast. Right. Well, and I think he was an asshole, but he's probably a pretty decent guy now. So if you're listening out there, Joe, aren't you weren't that great. But now I think we could have a beer together. I'm wondering if up. he's sitting there to this day, like regretting, like you know, things are going pretty well in his life, but there's something missing. And then when he sits there at night, <laughs> sipping his cognac and looking in the mirror, he's like, I really mistreated Mike and God. <laughs> And then all of a sudden somebody tells him, hey, you should check out this podcast. And he's going to be like, I will. And then he'd be like, wow, Mike brought that up. Well, this is closure for me. Yeah, yeah. This is closure for me that Mike called me out on that. I appreciate him doing that. And you've guys got a listener for life now. Right. Shout out to you Joe Arndt, friend of the channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys got any good stories? You got no. any first grade assholes? Uh, yeah, I there. I'm sure there was. You're the one who brought it up, Matt. Yeah, actually, maybe I was the first grade asshole. I don't really remember any, so that can only mean one thing. All right, Steve, Matt was the long... asshole. 
I, I must have been. I don't know because I can't remember any, but everyone's got one. Yeah. I, at that level, first, second grade, I, there were no villains yet in our class. That, that It took like the oh. mid-grades for that to develop. Mm-hmm. Damn. Were you homeschooled fully... or something? No. I went, well, I went to a Catholic uh, grade school, so oh. for whatever that's worth. And it was a tiny class, so there wasn't a lot of material, you know, there wasn't a lot of options for villainy. Hmm. Not yet. But I listener, to, listen to the listener to the show, Gary, that I bring up often, who's listening to this. Uh, he and I went, we, we met at the kindergarten table and went through high grade school together. So, uh, yeah. Wow. But he wasn't Gary. a villain either. Well, that's very nice. Very cute. Yeah. Shout out, Gary. Thanks for your loyal listenership. And you'll like this next part here. Speaking of villainy, the good doctor. Britt Baker, DMD, we've been kind of dragging her a little bit, saying that she hasn't really been doing that much interesting stuff. We saw that Soraya entered the picture about a month ago. She's looking good. She's, you know, colorful, a great asset, great acquisition to AEW. Well, it looks like I thought maybe Soraya and Jamie Hayter were going to go at it. Well, the big dogs are going at it. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Soraya at Full Gear. It was just announced tonight. Why? Because they put on a killer promo this evening. And honestly, Britt Baker did an amazing job, in my opinion, because I am a Britt fan. I I am. I hang a DMD towel in my basement here because my wife's from Pittsburgh. So, you know, I do it for her, not for me. It's true. I, I, um, I really thought Britt, you know, she's grown a lot. She's, she's, you know, been the spotlight of the women's um, uh, division in AEW for a long time. She's had a lot of pressure on her. So she should be uh, the person in line to get this kind of opportunity because ba- uh, Paige, now Soraya, is a bona fide star. She's got a huge following on Twitch, huge following on IG. She's even had a sex, fa- sex tape, for God's sake, so people know her. Which she referenced tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, she is maybe one of the biggest stars in the whole company. Maybe she's, second to Kenny legit. Omega or Chris Jericho or whatever. I mean, it's debatable. It really is. But uh, they put on a great promo this evening going back and forth. And uh, now, full gear, this is kind of like a headlining moment, kind of like when they did a triple headliner of Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, uh, Becky Lynch. I don't know if it's quite at that level, but this is probably the one of the biggest out of nowhere matches that AEW has put on in the women's division of this caliber. What do you think about that, Matt? I agree 100%. We were texting during the show, and I think I chimed in saying, this match just feels big. And you always hear Michael Cole on WWE television saying, big fight feel. This legitimately has a big fight feel to it. And I think a big part of that is kind of like these two referenced during their promos on the show. Britt Baker has sort of been the de facto, I guess, chief of the women's division. Like she was women's champion for a long time. She's super over with the fans. And that's been the case, I think, ever since she turned heel, what, a couple of years ago now. Um, so despite not being champion, in some way, she's always kind of felt like the champion, even when she's not holding the title. I, I, at least I would argue that. And now you have Paige, now known as Soraya, her actual name, coming in. And in, during her time in WWE, a lot of fans at the time thought she was the best women's wrestler on the roster by some margin. Um, unfortunately, she had some injuries was out for a few years and as we heard tonight she's now cleared to wrestle so there's now a match between her and Britt Baker at full gear and I think part of what makes this match have such a big fight feel is Soraya was sort of this figurehead in WWE of the women's division and then you have Britt Baker who's the figurehead of the women's division in AEW so it's almost like in a way the two organizations competing with each other I mean it's not that but you can sort of interpret it that way, I guess. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking a little bit more outside the box, Steve. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about this whole match? I'm um, I'm actually legitimately excited and in. I think um, so. We all know, like like a lot like a lot of us, I was a huge fan of NXT when it was good, and really like when the WWE Network launched. They made a big kind of intro to NXT. And like that's when I first started watching it. I didn't watch it before the network. And Soraya either or so I guess Paige at the time 
either won it right away or when NXT started in the network era was the champ. But either way, she was the kind of the first face of the NXT women's division. And she was just legit good. I mean, she didn't have that like diva. You know, she wasn't super tan. She's just a good wrestler, a lot of energy. And then they debuted her. I think, didn't she like debut by beating um, AJ Lee for the title on the main roster? Yes. So, I mean, she's always been a big name. And, you know, she had her scandals, which she reference but uh i mean she's legit and like she was only in her mid-20s when she had her career ending quote-unquote injury and she's still young so um yeah she had the movie about her so i mean she's maybe not like sasha banks showing up in aew magnitude but she's Mm -hmm. you know a close second to that she's a big deal and i think pairing her with the the legitimate face of the women's aew division is like an awesome marquee match that kind of writes itself and i thought they both did great promos um i thought um Soraya, you know, like her first major promo or two, she flubbed a line or two and people gave her shit about that. But you could tell we were talking about this before, but she hit it out of the park today. And I think it was because of the emotion, you know, she got like choked up and had to kind of take a step back when she announced she's clear to wrestle. She was talking about her drug addictions and the sex tape today. So when you pull all that stuff, that's when it's like the best promos because they're not they're like half shoot, half work. So, I mean, this is the best way to like hype this. And and, in Brit's promo was the best she's done in a long time. She might be the heel in this whole thing, but she was kind of spitting truths. Um, I don't know. I think they really laid this one out great. And I'm like, you know, her provided page isn't super rusty. I think I would expect it to be a perfectly good match. I agree. I one thing I'll add to that regarding the promo Britt Baker kicked it off uh, with her piece of the promo. Man, man, she can cut a great promo. That is yeah. one thing about Britt Baker. I mean, she hits every time. And, you know, like you mentioned, Steve, we saw Paige Soraya, you know, flub a few lines a few weeks ago. So when Britt Baker's on top of her game and then Soraya has to respond to that, I was a little nervous, I think, at first. But you could tell she started to just let loose with all the truths and everything. And it felt real. Um, and that's always what makes the best promo. And she made some really good points. It definitely set the tone for the match. And I I think these two hit it out of the park. I was already looking forward to this match at full gear. I think the segment we saw with the two of them tonight solidified, like, yes, this is a marquee match. And let's remember our friend from uh, crusher fest, you know, like those moments (laughs) that are the best are when it was real. It it was real. Right, Mike. Yep. Dude, my mind actually went there, and I whenever I hear it's real, that <laughs> whenever I you could, hear the word "real," you think of that dude. He had like this pencil like... thin mustache and these tinted glasses, a hat, and like, dude, I'll never forget <laughs> that guy's face. And, it's uh, like I can't forget Joey Arndt. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Greg Gagne like rolling his eyes at the guy, like, "Oh boy, I've seen people like you my whole career." Yeah, He's like, God yeah. damn it! When it you anyway. When you and Greg Gagne are sitting there both rolling your eyes at the same person. That was a moment. If someone had told me that at some point in my life, Greg Gagne and I would exchange an eye roll over some nerdy wrestling fan, I'd be like, no, that's how could that happen? Yeah. Keep the kayfabe, folks. Only on Keep the Kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get you Triple H for sure. Yeah. But, Quadruple um... H. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, I think uh, AEW Dynamite tonight, like the theme was great promos and the dudes and I were talking about how great promos can actually bolster a kind of decent pay-per-view in an instant. I mean, we, again, go back and listen to episodes 104, 105. We're like, when the fuck is full gear actually going to get in gear? Well, it only takes maybe 20 minutes for us to perk our ears up and start getting ready for this thing because we had another one tonight. It was Moxley and uh, Lord William Regal who put on another banger this evening. And Steve actually has a little theory to go along with this. What do you got, Steve? Well, I'm going to do a little shout out here to some friends of mine because we had a whole discussion about this last week. Um, The boys at the uh, Son of Thread uh, um, chat group that we have on uh, Discord inside thing but it's a group of wrestling fans that, and that i hang that i've talked to for years and somebody put that idea in my head a week ago where 
Regal, William Regal, this whole thing, you know, the MJF uh, Regal like standoff in the ring like weeks ago. It started weeks ago and then Regal kind of giving that like that ridiculously awesome promo back and forth with MJF about their time in NXT. Like, what is that setting up for? And then, they, you know, oh, did they con MJF and do like did they dupe him so that he 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 do this match at the pay-per-view and and um and then they you know he's not going to use the ring all this stuff just seems to me to be the perfect moment for the villain of villains William Regal to betray the Brit uh BBC and uh or B- Blackpool Combat Club and side with MJF to form the ultimate heel pairing it, my god not once that idea was put in my head i can't shake it now any now if it doesn't happen no matter how that match ends on uh next weekend the following weekend um i'm gonna be disappointed because that is so perfect like william regal telling him he's not heel enough and he's he needs to make his he's got to be a ballsier villain what ballsier villain moment than the two of them to betray boxley so yes. So true. And ever since you put that thought in my head, Steve, I I just can't shake it. I've been watching AEW ever since you mentioned this, which was maybe last week, I think, when we first talked about it. But ever since then, all the pieces of this MJF, uh, I guess, face turn, if that's even what you want to call it, everything started to make a lot more sense. If you think about the fact that Regal may be involved in this somehow. Um, It just makes too much sense. And I think it would benefit the story in a million different ways. The Blackpool Combat Club, they're awesome. I think they're starting to get a little bit stale just because they've been feuding with the Jericho Appreciation Society for, you know, almost a year now, I want to say it's been. And they've just sort of run out of angles with that feud at this point. Um, So having... And just to interject, Matt, real quick, do you guys think that Blackpool Combat Club actually does things together as a unit for me i don't think they support one another enough in the beginning they did but they yeah, yeah. you're right other than but now Claudio it's like and, uh, wheeler a little bit they're in a group yeah. and and that's just it all the more reason for them to disband i think at this point it's time um, yep and having regal do something unthinkable like side with mjf is the perfect way to do it i think um And then that also kind of leads to the Jericho Appreciation Society moving on to something different or potentially disbanding as well or morphing into Inner Circle 3.0 or whatever they decide to call themselves. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. You think about this MJF uh, potentially winning the world title, triggering so many other massive changes throughout AEW, all of which would be welcome, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And now... If Regal could be a true heel, what he was born to be and do, Steve knows all about that. He like definitely sees the beauty in that. And then there's some people that haven't seen it yet when he was doing it in WCW or even earlier in the territories. I don't even know the exact history. Steve would know it better than me. But for people that aren't Regal believers... This is the perfect platform in blank canvas for him to paint a beautiful masterpiece as he's in the back nine of his career. So honestly, I don't know what like the whole expertly done back and forth with Regal and MJF, which haven't culminated in the cheap obvious of MJF beating up Regal. You know what I mean? Like that's that could be why they did it. Like that's what I was expecting all along is that he's like telling him he's not man enough. And this was just setting up him kicking the shit out of Regal. That hasn't happened. So like what else could they possibly what are they doing with this whole thing? Anything less like if MJF falls short and wrestles mm-hmm. honorably, that's not all that interesting. If MJF wins the title fairly, yeah, he can do better. Like this is it it really has to be something utterly dastardly because MJF is not a baby face. He's not, and he never will be. And I love how low key they're making it too, because I'm I'm I mean, I I'm saying it a million times. We weren't enthusiastic on how full gear was building up, but I think the night of they could do something that nobody's really seeing coming, but we're just kinda, you know. We're just kind of peeping the script a little bit. Not, yeah. I, I'm, I'm still watching as a, as a fan, just ready to enjoy the show. But I like where your heads are at, guys. Oh, I can't um, wait. 
And I mean, there was, we were just talking about how the Blackpool Combat Club, they don't really do anything to support one another. Some stables, you know, every time one would wrestle, uh, one member of the group would wrestle, members would run out when they saw each other in trouble. Look at the fucking Thursday Night Thunder back WCW. There was the flock. There was the wolf pack. Yes. There was, you know, <laughs> I mean, they were fucking out there every, you couldn't watch a, a straight like there was always some kind of interference. Well, you don't really see that anymore. But uh, we saw some singles action tonight from the Blackpool Combat Club and Brian Danielson versus everybody's favorite piece of shit, Sammy Guevara. Oh, um, they. I mean, Sid and the thread leading up to recording tonight. It's like, man, I hate to see Sammy, but goddamn, you know this is going to be a good match. And this is what this kid is. This fucking kid is somebody that we can hate so much because of how fucking goddamn good he is. Yeah. And he's like railing one of the hottest chicks out there too. <laughs> and he's making money. He's got a young career in front of him. He's got a lot in front of him. The way that I equate this guy's my comparison when I was watching it, I was never really a big Alberto Del Rio guy, but the dude was in shape and the dude yeah. could put on a match. He is kind of like the 15 years younger version of Alberto Del Rio. And you know, Alberto Del Rio, we met, we mentioned her earlier. He used to rail Paige. So, yeah, and that was part of yeah. what she referenced tonight, I think, was like her scandal yeah. and her rough patches in her life. Yeah, good, good, so good callback. So he rubbed a lot of wrestling fans the wrong way because as soon as a girl that these marks fantasize about, no, it's there, she's getting railed by a, a wrestler. That just makes them want to hate that person ten my t- ten times more. Yes. So totally. That's yeah, my great insight. It, it's Thank very you. good insight. Um, I would go one step further with Sammy Guevara specifically because first of all, he has the most punchable face in pro wrestling. And I've always yes. thought that to be true, even when he was a baby face. Part of me still just couldn't get behind him. He proposes to his fiance, not not Ty on tv on dynamite and you think wow this guy is a genuine stand-up guy and then all of a sudden he's dating ty and then he's like engaged and married to her like in real life that's like such a shoot heel thing to do right and openly cheating on her on their ig stories they would be at dave and busters like slapping each other's asses after playing some air hockey and shit exactly Uh. that that's exactly (laughs) my point and and you know in pro wrestling, there's this uh, term X-Pac heat, which basically is like there is no coming back from. Um, I think we need to redub that to Sammy Guevara heat because ever since he's pulled off this entire scandal with, and I'll call it a scandal with Ty, that's how he is. Um, he was yeah. off TV for a while. They brought him back as part of the Jericho Appreciation Society, sort of, just so that they could find a spot for him to at least you know make his appearance, get paid, and go home. And they've slowly reintroduced him into matches and stuff, but the crowd have not forgotten how much they hate this guy. And we saw it during the match tonight. There was a few moments where he was pulling off incredible moves. And I think it was near the end of the match. There was this amazing spot, um, which before that, I think he pulled off a shooting star press to the outside of the ring. A phenomenal move, right? And the whole crowd went nuts for it and immediately started chanting, you still suck. Like, like, yeah, we're going to acknowledge that was really cool, but we don't care. We're still going to reject you anyway. When you're at yep. that point as a pro wrestler, I don't know how you come back from it. I don't know. It's actually a great point because um, I feel the same way. It's like we talked before the show, like you said, like we were like, oh, God, you know, it's going to be a good match, but I still fucking hate Sammy. And it was a good match. And I and yeah, I'm like those fans chanting that because he did some amazing. And it was a great story. The match was excellent. But I still freaking hate him. Like, I still don't. Like, next week, if he wrestles, I'm not going to be like, ah, you know, he really was good last week. I'm still going to not want to see him because of all the shit he's pulled off, like, off off the screen. And the fact that he and Tay are just so gross together. And the fact that, sorry, she's just not very talented. And, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, Sammy. That referencing Matt he like did a somersault from the mat jumped up to the top rope then did like a Spanish fly backwards RKO DDT something crazy yeah. you'll see it it'll be on AEW's um 
social media page under the highlights. It's an unbelievable move, but yes, fuck you, Sammy. But not to fuck you, this guy, Michael Wardlow. He is back, baby. He, we were kind of uh, really sad that he's been getting picked with Joe. Me especially. I'm not a big Samoa Joe guy. I've never been a fan. I don't think I ever will be. I just really don't enjoy seeing a guy with a body that has the body of like a, a mattress. Milk dud. Like a, like a, yeah, milk. Not <laughs> even a milk bag. That's a little more flabby. He's He's got like, he's tight. Like his body... His insides are tight to his skin. You know what I mean? Kind of like Jack Black, like a sweaty Jack Black. <laughs> and then he's got a face like a catcher's mitt. He looks kind of like one of those trolls from uh, fucking Frozen, <laughs> I think. And um, yeah, I just he just sweats so much. And I know what it's like to touch somebody's bare back when it's sweaty. It's like it's, it's disgusting. So I don't know. It's. It's kind of cringy, but anyway, I know people love him. People are big Joe fans. I'm just not one of those guys. Don't at me, but um, I do love Michael Wardlow, the war dog. He's going to go up against uh, the Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor champ, and um, I think this is this is what this guy needs. He needs to go against a big name, and he needs to beat him, and I think Wardlow will beat him at full gear. What do you guys think? Well, did they uh, announce it? I, well, it's got to. It's well, got to that don't day. forget Will Hobbs. I mean, I'm thinking oh. it's going to be a triple threat. Neither, I mean, man, either way, though, you're right. I mean, this is what frickin' Wardlow needed because yeah. nothing else since he's won the title has been interesting. Like, you know, from what's his name, Smart Mark and his bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. everything related to Wardlow since he finally captured gold has been boring. And he I needs think an it's opponent. a way. Yes, and now he's got not one, but two legit badasses. Like, if they have that triple threat, count me in, because that's like, those three can bring it. Those are three hosses. But, uh, Huge yeah, hosses. you... I got I got a rant though. It's like fucking AEW does really th- good things, but they f- freaking blew it. Like they kept panning between Hobbs and and the ring, and they panned away just as Joe <laughs> smacked Wardlow. It's like they blew the heel mo- the, the 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 turn moment because like a bad camera work, and then they had to compensate by by replaying it like four times to compensate that they didn't show it the first time. But that's yes. okay. It's still a good storyline. It is. That's kind of uh, AEW though. They they fuck they up do. the camera angles. It's a not lot. as bad as W. Yeah, but it's funny because it's like WWE has always been the masters of camera work. Like they yeah. have high production value since the eighties. And then when yeah. WCW was even when they were going strong, they would f up camera stuff all the time. <laughs> AEW is not that bad. They're somewhere in between, but they still right. occasionally blow shit with bad camera work. Yeah, there's They're definitely like room higher. for improvement. Um, Mike, to your point, I. I'm not really a Samoa Joe guy anymore. I definitely was during his uh, first run in NXT. I thought he was really good. I never caught his original days in Ring of Honor when supposedly he had some amazing matches. More recently, I think he's starting to hit the later part of his career. And he's had a few matches on Dynamite, but he always seems like he's a little bit winded, I think, you know, maybe halfway through the match. So I don't know. I take that for what it's worth. But despite all that, the moment he turned on Wardlow tonight, I immediately just thought to myself, oh my God, why have they not done this match already? Like, this is amazing. Um, I think the guys at What Culture, shout out to their podcast, by the way, um, best podcast that isn't ours, <laughs> steal one of their lines. They, uh, they threw out a theory that the TNT title is slowly becoming the big guy title, like all the hosses in AEW are going to wrestle for the TNT title, which I'm a huge fan of that idea. And if that means a triple threat between Wardlow Samoa Joe and Will Hobbs. God, what a match. Like that alone will be one I look forward to at full gear if they book it. I hadn't thought of that. That that actually would be brilliant because um, the all Atlantic is sort of becoming, I don't want to say like, a cruiserweight title but it's the athletic wrestlers title if they have that over there as the athletic and then they have the other one as like the big man that's brilliant i hope they do that Mm -hmm. i was just about to say make it distinct make it the distinct tnt heavyweight champion and then the tnt cruiserweight champion make the purple and then keep the mid-atlantic and that can go all over (laughs) the world do two titles the heavyweight and like the middleweight uh like top contenders in the house like in the 
production itself, the promotion itself. So, yeah, I like it. Shout out What Culture Podcast. Those Brits so overseas. Speaking, speaking of belts, I think uh, um, we can't go a podcast without at least mentioning WWE. It would appear that maybe in another positive move of the Triple H era, they might have retired the uh, 24-7 title <laughs> this past week. From, Had they? from what it looked like. They did. Well, Nikki Cross won it and then threw it in the trash or threw it in something. Uh, yeah. So uh, I hope it. that was a symbolic end of that shit title. Well, ironically, she went to throw it in the trash and she actually missed the trash can, um, which, wow, wow what a metaphor that is, right? So, yes, they are yeah. getting rid of the 24-7 title. Um, one other WWE-related thing I do want to throw in here. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul, Seriously, one of the best WWE main events in uh, maybe a year or more. It was freaking phenomenal. So if you haven't seen it, go back, check it out. Uh, The drama throughout it is incredible. Logan Paul stole the entire show. The guy is like a prodigy when it comes to pro wrestling, which I never thought would be the case. So um, definitely worth going back and checking it out. I will do that. Those same buddies of mine. Those same buddies of mine I referenced earlier. We had a conversation earlier this week about which um, celebrities crossed that line of like where they weren't just celebrities and they were actually legit. And you know, Logan Paul, I think, has obviously earned that distinction. Bad Bunny earned it pretty quickly. Um, but then we were even going way back. Like, like I know he's going through health problems right now. All due respect, but like Steve McMichael actually did a full-time wrestling career. And I don't know that he ever crossed that line. He never got good, but uh-huh. uh, it is an interesting topic over the years of like these, what these, these celebrities, the ones that actually look really good in the ring. And Logan Paul might be one of the best of them all. Yes. Yeah. Dave Meltzer even this, yeah. was comparing him against bad bunny and said, Logan Paul is like, on a whole nother level beyond bad bunny. Like I, the guy is yeah. better than most of the people in WWE. And this is his third match. Damn. Yeah. Like a Kurt angle, non-athlete. Yes. Everybody exactly. said Kurt angle would picked it up faster than anybody ever, but it's because he's got a wrestling background. That's kind of something that, you know, a little off topic here. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars, but one and one of the big reasons why is I don't like it when they actually have entertainers like a Spice Girl or a Backstreet Boy to be able to participate in Dancing with the Stars. Because they're legit, yeah. Yeah. Because they I already agree. know the fucking vocabulary and how to rehearse and how to get good, and they, like, already have rhythm. Right. Like, what kind that's of like when people were. That? That's kind of like when they went back to allowing professional athletes like nba stars in the olympics and people were really bothered by that it's like it kind of killed the whole spirit of the like up-and-coming amateur type thing but it's like yeah like that kind of defeats the purpose of the show to have professionals like that doing it you know what i mean i just had to yeah, i just had i know to what you that. mean sorry we speak okay spitting truth right now mm-hmm. thank you well thank you matt i am gonna go back and watch that uh match crown jewel um That'll be a nice little thing to fall asleep to and have sweet, sweet dreams. And hopefully (laughs) this guy doesn't enter my dreams. Jeff Jarrett, the man in black. He returns again tonight. We saw him debut last week. Well, he got a little time on TV this week again. And I mean, it comes as no surprise. This guy is just fucking killing it. I just think this is so exciting. And Matt, you referenced, um, I don't know if they even have a name, Jay Lethal's group. But you referred to him as a crew of flunkies, yeah, which Jay is Lethal funny. And his, and his gang of geeks, crew of flunkies, whatever you want to yeah. call them. Dude, well, they're relevant. And I, hey, I've always, I'm not a big Jay Lethal guy. I'm not even going to fucking front. I, I barely, you know, get as excited. I know what he does. I know that he's great, whatever, but he's just not my guy. Fucking Sanjay, Sanjay Dutt, is that the the ball guy with the pencil and shit? Yes. Yes. I love that guy. I love that guy. Uh, the big guy, the J- Jeff Jarrett can shine a turd better than anybody in the business. Yes. I mean, he, lit- he literally made that guy out to be something perfect in like four sentences. I'm I like, totally agree. fuck is this guy talented? He's an, um, an unbelievable salesman, and that's what wrestling is. And that's the value that this guy brings. You give that guy eight minutes, he only needs three 
minutes to make all those matches relevant, the people in his stable relevant. It's unreal. So we saw him do it tonight. He brought the guitar out. I thought he was going to bust it over one of the crew members' heads. That would have been pretty cool. But then, yes. you know, he makes he brings like this street value into uh, AEW, kind of like how NWO kind of gave that feel in WCW. He kind of brings like this, this isn't scripted. We don't know what's going on, like kind of thing going. He, he's he got that capability. So I am in, really enjoying his segments. What did you guys think of tonight? So last week I had commented that I'm not a huge fan of Jeff Jarrett. Um, even despite his return, I really wasn't feeling it. He made a believer out of me this week. Like you said, mm. like three minutes and I, I'm looking at Jay Lethal and his crew of flunkies thinking, huh, maybe they'll do something really cool with these guys. And, <laughs> and that's all it took. And part of it, you know, when we talk about promos and wrestling, keep in mind that's shorthand for promotion or promoting. So what does Jeff Jarrett do when he comes out? He promotes all these guys he's working with. And I think that's the one thing they've really been missing. Sanjay Dutt has been like, sort of just talking but he's just yelling down the camera and he's never really saying anything you know putting himself over or the other guys in he's funny he's funny he's funny he's kind of like the daddy magic of that group but by the way you know speaking of daddy magic huge fan of the DraftKings ads this week i think daddy magic promote that all the time but regardless um yeah jeff jarrett's awesome i the promo was great I, I didn't really get the the crew and why he's beefing with the crew all the time, but it does give an element of realism and like danger to it. Like it could be a shoot, but at the same time, it feels like it's reeled in enough where they're not they're not going too far with it. Um, I think this is the second week in a row where Jarrett's done that, and it's it, it struck that balance really well. So yeah, I, I'm all for it. Like keep doing this or get get straight to the match at full gear with Darby Allen and Sting that was announced actually at the end of the show. Yes. It's going to be so good. So good. Yeah. You, yeah. You guys know, I mean, I said it last week, I've said it before. I'm, I, I've actually always been a Jeff Jarrett fan, WWE, WCW. There was a period of time that I actually watched TNA and that's actually how I got introduced to, um, well, TNT or TNA era, Jeff Jarrett, Samoa Joe, Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, all those guys. So it just made so, yeah. And he kind of, yeah, you're right. He just worked magic. Cause he brought instant um, credibility to why he's there by saying, you know, the facts that he recruited Jay Lethal and he knew these guys from the other company. He, yeah, with the big guy, he gave total, it totally worked what he did with him. So I don't know. Jeff Jarrett is like a huge asset and I'm super happy that he, uh, that he did that. Yeah. He brings like a whole nother level of relevancy because I didn't even know those uh, elements uh steve that he was like with them during when sanjay was in there and jay lethal was in there and he so that appeases a crowd that might be aew haters that are maybe going to wwe so they're pulling hopefully just a couple more eyeballs i mean they fucking you got to in this Mm -hmm. day and age where time and just where your eyes are directed either on your phone on your tv on your emails on your computer with your family how about that uh sports news whatever like there's only so much hours in the day aew is clearly trying to use every single edge they can to keep uh surpassing that 1 million rating even when their biggest stars like the elite are out but we did see tonight in these cool little vignettes that the elite might be coming back at full gear. They showed Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in their early days when they looked like little spring chickens and fresh out of the womb, basically, how they're born to be wrestlers. And then they had like fucking uh, industrial um, steampunkish uh, graphics going throughout their, their photos, hinting that there will be probably coming back at full gear it was only 40 seconds but it was enough to get you excited and tell a message hey guys maybe watch this pay-per-view because those dudes that are so talented and like the best in the world they're coming back so do you guys think they're coming back at full gear i mean this is clear-cut evidence right they gotta i I don't know if they'll maybe come back next week to set up a match for the trios titles at full gear i feel like that makes sense i AEW isn't the type of company that would make up a pay-per-view match at the pay-per-view um that just seems like too much of a reach for them so my thought is 
Kenny yeah. in the box come back next week on Dynamite, challenge Death Triangle, and we get that match at full gear. Um, yeah, beyond that, nothing much to add to what you said, Mike. Cool. Well, and I think if they had intended the um, Elite to show up at the pay-per-view as like this big surprise, they're back, they wouldn't be doing these promos. So yeah, i kind of expecting them to show up next week. And exactly. um, Death Triangle's got troubles right now. They're they're kind of bickering, and uh, uh, Pac's like full-on heel and try, and like not seeing not seeing eye-to-eye with Ray Phoenix. I think, I, mean, I don't know, as it stands right now, we'll save it for the prediction show, but I think it's it's going to be all about the Elite. Totally. It's going to be exciting. If you're not sold on this pay-per-view after listening to us jibber-jabber about it for, you know, close to an hour now, I don't know what else you need, folks. Yeah, two words for them. Yeah. Yeah, watch the pay-per-view. Or is that three? I don't know. That's three. Either way. Otherwise, suck it. Suck it works, too. Exactly. I am ready to get to this mailbag, guys. We actually got a really, really good one. Yeah. And you won't believe who it came from. It's submitted to us by Proud Mary from Lodi, Wisconsin. It says, rest in peace, Roddy. I am cheering for you in the big battle royale in the sky. Well, mm. Proud Mary, this I think this has some Credence Clearwater Revival uh, hints in it. Uh, Proud Mary is a song by CCR, right? And Lodi, Wisconsin's in yep. the lyric of one of them. Is there like a battle royale in the sky? Is that like... Is that a CCR song? Something no, in the I think sky? I actually, I think she just meant that, you know, just being he's not sincere. with us, but he's, but he's still wrestling up there. Mm-hmm. All right. I just didn't know if John Fogarty was just fucking ribbing us here. Uh, I know <laughs> he's John He's a listener Fogarty's of the show. Accuser. We could, we could ask him. Yeah. 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 He texted me earlier uh, saying what's <laughs> up. Hope we're doing well. So cool. Well, yeah. this one is a Roddy Roddy Piper uh, promo. He interrupts Danny DeVito. So we got a young oh, yes. Danny DeVito with Mean Gene Oakland and Roddy Roddy Piper interrupts. This is from February 18th, 1985. So proud Mary, here we go. Coast to coast, border to border, and throughout the world, Danny DeVito, what happened here? Uh, it, was, it was incredible. I mean, uh, Captain uh, Lou is uh, just amazing. He's your guy, isn't he? He's it? my man. He's great. He's terrific. And it was great to see Mr. T come in there and help the Hulk. I mean, it was incredible. Do you think we could ever get the, the captain maybe a uh, job as a hack uh, running a camp? Actually, uh, actually, he's doing a film with me now called The uh, Wise Guys. I heard about Joe that. Piscopo, and we're shooting here in uh, Manhattan. Yeah. And the various other places around the and country. And in Jersey. He's a, he's, a, he's a natural actor, Lou. It's uh, incredible. He's Danny, great. Danny, your thoughts just in general on professional wrestling. You've got to be, I guess, uh, this is your first outing. I don't know if you've been to a no, professional. No, I've never been before, but I'm, I'm coming again. I mean, it's incredible. You, you, I really had a great time. Were, were, were you shocked at all? Wait a minute now. I don't know if I want to conduct this interview or not with you. Piper, you will take a microphone and dress up if you're going to come on. This is not I, I can do exactly what I want to do. The only way this guy is, the only way this guy holds his title. No, wonderful, wonderful, the planes. The only way this guy, the only way this guy holds his title is he has this, he has this stupid guy with some ridiculous haircut. All of a sudden, all these people are flooding the ring. If you ain't got enough guts to fight me one-on-one, mister, then take a hike and leave the title with me. If you want this geek, Mr. T, to come in, I'll be glad to put an X where the T is. I don't really give a damn, man. You want to bring your title down and defend it like you said you would? Then bring it down, but don't be a bothering coward, huh? And then we leave you laying there like a piece of garbage that you are? Oh, what? Oh, this. Wait a minute. I am the champion. You know that for a fact, man. For millions and millions of people well, here on what? TV, you Did know they what they... Did they see him pin me? Did they see him pin me? No! All they saw is a piece of crap. That's all they saw, man. They didn't see him do nothing to me. Let me tell you something. I am the champion. I don't want to talk no more about it. If you want to see me next time, bring the goof, bring the little black man, bring him into the ring, bring the big blonde man, and come on, brother. I'll take him by myself. Nothing better than Roddy Roddy Piper and then put a little budding star, quite literally, Danny DeVito in there. <laughs> and uh, you got TV gold, ladies and gentlemen. I, I It shocks me that Danny DeVito hasn't done more pro wrestling appearances since this. <laughs> well, well, maybe he was Piper, the trash Piper put man. him in his place. Yeah. Well, think about this, guys. I don't know if you guys are always sunny people. These... Two people got to work with each other again later in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in the episode, The Game Wrestles for the Troops. Roddy really? Roddy Piper. Yeah, what? You guys don't know this? This I, is one I, of the I, greatest It's Always Sunny 
episodes of all time. I think I saw uh, seasons one through four, but I stopped a little bit after that. Yeah. I, I hear the show is still fire, but I was like a diehard up until season eight. And then I just got distracted with probably something else. But there's this episode called The Game Wrestles for the Troops. Uh, I forget the reason why. I think they want to just like get patriotic. They, they were watching Hulk Hogan stuff and they want to do something for the troops. So they go and they get like a pro wrestler. They don't say it's Roddy Roddy Piper, but like it's a guy that they bring in for 20 bucks and he's just like, eh, I'm going to get all greased up. And like he lives in his car and then I think he gets arrested or something. So then they got to like go in there. But Danny, but the dude that plays that hired wrestler is Roddy Roddy Piper. In the episode, mm. it's always sunny, which is pretty cool. And then Danny DeVito, he goes by this guy, the trash man. He's like, I'll be the trash man. I'll go in there and eat garbage. And spoiler alert, he does nail somebody in the neck uh, and almost kills him in the ring with the trash can at the end. It's pretty great. Wow. Go in there and watch that one. It's a pretty after great you, episode. So, Mike, after you describe that, I feel like I did see that one because I remember the trash man for some reason. There you go. I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and find it. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. Hey, if I'll go back and watch that Logan Paul uh, Roman Reigns match. If you go and watch that, it's always sunny um, show for me. Okay, it's a deal. And then work on that Naomi mouth trumpet for me for next week. Okay, bud. Oh, yeah. I'll bring it to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fuck. Yeah. Good stuff, boys. Well, full gear is in full swing, and fall is in full swing. There's a lot of stuff in full swing, but I don't know if uh, you're totally full unless you do these three things. Oh, yeah? What's that? that? Real simple. All you got to do is stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Oh, Triple H. Woo. Woo.